So resolve, you know, that interesting alchemy that shifts our intention into um, action or sets us up for that engagement, that action. If we watch ourselves meditate, you know, sometimes our mind is quite settled and it's not such a big challenge to pay attention to what's going on. And um, and so the, the expression of our intention flows forth quite easily and then sometimes or maybe most of the time (laughs) our mind is not so settled like I was just watching my own mind as we were uh, sitting and um, and thinking and noticing that moment uh, I, I was just teaching in the, where I come from, which is Northern Ireland, and they have an expression there, which is "catch yourself on," you know. And catching myself on, like noticing that I'd just been engaged in a thought, and then in that moment of noticing, um, renewing, rediscovering, resolve, in how. Resolve is is not based on control. It's not based on judgment. It's not based on determination to create a certain result. It's like each each time we come back, the challenge is almost like, what is our practice based on? You know, what is it we're staying true to? What is it we're trying to enact and allow to express how we are in this life and how we are with each other? And when we pay that kind of attention in our sitting, you know, we discover that it it has both... um, I hesitate to use the word determination, but maybe constancy. And and then it also has a quality of rediscovery. Because in our sitting, it's not so much, um, oh yes, I have all these ideas about how to sit and I'll just recount them to myself right now. It's more that we're we're touching something that that's become part of us and we're allowing it to inform quite literally what we are in that moment. Yeah. And then how does that resolve, how does that staying true to um, express itself in how we relate to our practice and then interestingly how we relate as chaplains 
Yeah. And I've been thinking about this yesterday in particular. And I, I was thinking mostly in terms of the, the classical teachings uh, as I think of them. And then as I was driving down this morning with, with Dylan, you know, and he was talking about being in the women's jail. And we were discussing, you know, what's that like, you know, how, how do you communicate, what's skillfulness like, you know, um, what, what are they, the parameters you operate with, the values, you know. But before I go into that, to go back to staying true, you know, in one way we could say, well, we stay true to the paramitas, you know, um, that each of them has a reference uh, that expresses what we're d- attempting to do in our practice, you know. Every every single one of them. And, and then there's something more personal, something more intimate, like and, and t- to my way of thinking, it, it is, it's taking refuge, you know? because we, as we take refuge uh, in Buddha Dharma Sangha, the staying true uh, to uh, the sensibility of awakening, how awakening informs our life in how awakening is expressed in our um, connection with each other. Yeah. And then, in relationship to resolve, to explore for ourselves um, what helps us touch the heart of that, what helps us in a practical way, you know, how do I stay true? You know, in many spiritual and religious traditions, there's ways to stay true. You know, you you recite certain prayers, you do certain practices, you participate in certain ceremonies. You know, um, and then within that, what's that kind of inner alchemy that helps you to do that? Yeah. And and I think at that inner alchemy, the word determination sort of falls short. You know, it's not just determination. It, it's it's a more subtle play of almost like how do you create um, a sense of being, a sensibility that stays confident and strong in its intention and at the same time has the radical honesty to notice when the mind has wandered, notice when, you know, in some ways the the forces operating within you are creating a certain kind of contraction or separation or, you know, fixed notion as to what should and should not be. Yeah. 
certainly from a Zen perspective, that kind of questioning is um, the the ex- that kind of questioning exploration is a key ingredient in the alchemy of re- of resolve. You know, that we're always discovering. You know, it always has more to teach us. We, we're, it's not like, okay, I know what it is, now I just have to do it. It's more like, now I don't quite know what it is. It's still got more to teach. Yeah. And maybe it's a Zen bias, but my experience of that is it keeps it keeps something it keeps an aliveness and almost a softness, you know, that inquiry. You know, you keep watching yourself meditate. It's like and then you become a little bit more awestruck by what it is to be a human being and to have a human consciousness. No. And then right in the middle of that, you're preserving and enacting a resolve. No. And it feeds into how you relate to your body, your breath, your memories, just the flow of consciousness and awareness. And then resolve, as with many teachings in the Dharma, they're, they're both, um, they have something of an admonition, you know, stay true. And an exploration. What is it? And then they have, um, it has almost like a transformative quality. Engage it and let it be informative, inform and transformative in your being. No. Like how do we stay true as we go through um, living our life? You know, what kind of resolve is that? And, and, and the notion is that in our efforts to stay true, uh, we're softening up our habit energies. Yeah. And, and each of the paramis helps in that process. Yeah. And often we discover different ones at different times. Yeah. And then we also discover, you know, each one contains them all, and uh, that too. But, the, but the, the notion that as they're engaged, as we engage with intention and resolve rather than reenacting habit, something's shifting within us. Something is being um, discovered. It's like there's a learning that happens in the doing that goes beyond the con- com- contemplation and inquiry that we can go through. Yeah. 
And then I was notion, noticing in talking to Dylan as we were driving down, you know, he was saying to me, oh, here was my experience of being in the woman's jail, you know. <coughs> and, and we were looking at um, the particulars. Oh, it's like this, you know. It's a transient population. So each day he has to kind of like reestablish, here's what we're going to do, you know. He has to explain himself. He has to articulate what's what's the intention of their time together. And then he has to relate to the people, the women's responses to that. In the context of staying, or maybe from the reference of staying true. Yeah. You know, and part of what we're trying to do in this program is, is give you a set of practices, the opportunity to experience the way of being supporting each other in the process of staying true, and how to take the core principles the very process of staying true and discover in your chaplaincy, okay, and how does that express itself in this context, in this mode of chaplaincy? And I think it's pretty easy to see that if you've done what you might call the inner work, then the capacity to carry it out in a particular environment is comes forth more readily. And then sometimes you learn stuff in the environment that you're not going to discover just doing a more solitary contemplative practice or even being in a Dharma center, you know, where we have a, a kind of a, a shared agreement as to how to behave with each other, you know. It's very different from being in the women's jail and having them act out in an unpredictable and <laughs> manner. But, th- but that notion of um, there's something in the middle of this activity that guides and acts as a reference to how I relate to this opportunity for chaplaincy. There's a resolve in being a chaplain. And then I would say the gift of not expecting yourself to know everything. To be able to say, okay, well, I am going to be, hopefully I'll be in a constant mode of learning exactly what that is. Then one of the great gifts, and as well as challenges, of going into the women's jail is it's transient. Each week you get a different uh, number of women and characteristics of who they are and their psychology and 
you start discovering how to relate to that. You know, and maybe as as you think about this, you can think about um, your own chaplaincy. And you can think either, um, well, which of the paramis is most relevant? Um, and, and, and how do they both help me to stay true and how to enact what, what it is I'm staying true? How do I communicate it? How do I bring it forth in a way that makes it accessible in interacting with others? And then, as I say, there's a, there's a certain kind of radical honesty in it, too, in that uh, we all have our own habit patterns, our own traits. Uh, maybe even we could say we all have our own ideas as to what that is. Uh, and we're all in learning mode as to how to enact it. Yeah. Um. And later on today, we'll have a session where we will um, create case studies and then we'll explore it together. Okay, so staying true and enacting um, the, the constant teacher that resolve us of us. Thank you.